happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 199. Almost there to that 200 mark of Shut Up and Grime. Your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So today we're going to be talking about getting freedom-filled lives using social media. So before we get there, if you're brand new to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds and helping you clear the path to whatever's blocking you from what you truly want to do in this life. So here's a quick intro about me, if you don't know who I am and why you should listen to me. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. Starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. You've got to know your work. All right, so before I bring my guest on, we have the teachable moment of the day. So today we want to talk about those New Year's resolutions that you were so gung-ho about at the end of December. So now we're going into, what's this, the second week? You know, middle middle of the second week of the month. And have you fallen off already? Have you already given up? And if that's you, I want you to get back on the horse because there was a reason why you made that resolution. I see it in the fitness world all the time. People come in January 1st, they're gung-ho. And then by January 14th, they've lost all of the mojo. And like I just said in my intro video, clarity of vision. Clarity of vision is everything. Like You have to see what you want. You got to see it. You got to feel it. Then you can believe it. Then you can get it. But the first step is you have to see it. What is it that you want? Don't just say, I want to lose weight. Don't just say, I want to make more money. It's like, why? Why do you want to lose weight? What's it going to do for you? Why do you want to make more money? What is that going to do, do for you? Right. So get very clear, because once you're clear, then you can take intentional steps to get to where it is you want to be. All right. So that's today's teachable moment. Hey, look at this. My nephew is on. I, I want to shout out my nephew real quick. He's playing professional basketball. I think he's in Puerto Rico now. Still six foot ten. I'm six two. He's one of the few people that make me feel short. So anyways, way. All right. So we're going to be talking about, as I said, getting freedom filled lives using social media. And I used to read bios, but I don't read bios anymore because I like my guests to tell their own story. So let's welcome Carrie Hyam to the show. Hi. Did, I, did I pronounce that right? You did. You okay. did. Carrie Hyam. Right. That's me. Good, good, good. <laughs> Awesome. So where are you joining me from? I am in Utah, small little Utah. town. There are more cows here than people, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you're, 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 my, you're my second guest in the last three shows from, from Utah. Yeah, my other guest was from Salt Lake City. 
I'll tell you what, there's something about Utah. You come here, you move here. It's the way that it is. Oh, okay. Everyone loves Utah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was there in 2018, but I kind of did like a flagon. So I was there oh, for yeah. the trans for the transplant games in, tw- yeah, in 2018. And so I flew in on a Saturday. I flew out on a Monday. <laughs> so yeah. like I didn't, I didn't really have much time. You come, you spend a week. I'll take you to Zion. I'll take you to Park City. I'll take you to some Moab, some of these fun mm. places. You'll never want to leave. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, first and foremost, thank you very much for taking the time to come and speak to the audience and share your knowledge, your passion, your experience. So I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. I feel honored to be here. Um, I was telling Robert right before we got on that, you know, I was originally supposed to come in October and then, you know, from life happening, which maybe we'll get into here in a little bit, we had to hurry and reschedule. And I'm just so glad that I'm finally able to be here, finally able to, you know, share a little piece of my heart with your audience and hopefully change some lives today. So awesome. Love it. Love it. All right. So so let's dive in. So first, as always, we're going to start with getting to know you. So how would your best friend describe you? So I, I've got a couple words here in the last one. Uh, you might be like, what? But I'm going to explain it. So my first one is resilient. Um, in all of my life, I have always, when I have an idea or I have, um, when I get something in my head that I'm going to do, I do it. You know, and even if it takes me years to make it happen, I have a way of manifesting my future into existence. But it all comes from the resilience and grind of just making things happen. I'm also very passionate. Like when I love, I love hard and deep into my core. And then the last one is freight train. Mm. (laughs) Like, because when I get going and this is, this is me like being a little vulnerable with people. I have a, a way of just trudging forward. And sometimes I, I don't look to the sides of me and I can end up running people over. And I've learned that Mm. from myself. And so, you know, one of my big things that I'm working on here this year is, enjoying my surroundings while I'm on the journey, right? My kids, my family. And 2021, I really put a lot of that into perspective for me is that life isn't all about just hitting the next goal. It's really about enjoying that journey while you're going. Love it. Yeah, I I believe it was on several of my teachable moments. I mentioned something very similar, you know, about it's great to, to amass all this success, but are you actually enjoying it? You know, like yeah. take the time to step outside and be like, you know, breathe the fresh air, smell the flowers, enjoy nature, you know, enjoy yeah. time time with your family. Like, it, it, is that stuff happening? Yes. You know, and, and I feel a lot of people, especially the ones that resonate with this show, they're in that, that space where they're just mm-hmm. working around the clock. And yes, you have the house. Yes, you have the car. Yes, your kids are in fancy schools and all this other stuff. But are you actually taking the time to enjoy and appreciate and have gratitude for the life that you have. Like that's what's missing. In yeah, a lot absolutely. Of people. Absolutely. And I actually talk about it in my book where, you know, so many moms, especially, you know, they have this idea, okay, I, I have a business on the side and they pour everything into the business. And then they mm-hmm. look around and their kid is no longer two years old. He's yeah. 16, 17 years old, getting ready to graduate. And he doesn't want to go to Disneyland anymore, right? Like mm. all these goals that you had in the beginning of being able to travel or being able to, you know, most of the time we as entrepreneurs do it for the people we love, right? Yeah. We want to create a life of freedom. We want to create that life of choice, but we spend so much time 
we, we end up putting ourselves into handcuffs in our business that the people around us suffer. And so how do we build meaningful relationships with our children, with our spouse, with the people that we love while we're on the journey? Love it. And that's what I, that's what I'm passionate about right there, Robert. That's what I could, I could get on a soapbox and talk for days <laughs> on that subject. <laughs> Love it. So what would you say is, is the first step in recognizing those relationships that need to be made? Oh, that's a great question. That's a great question. So I actually have a story. So I had a really good friend. This was back in my, my very first I was very first in entrepreneurship, I guess you could say. I got my start actually um, in a brick and mortar. I actually owned my own nail salon Um, and then quickly transitioned when I had my first son because I realized that my time was dictated by the people that were across from me in my chair. So I turned to network marketing. That was where I got my start in kind of more of an online, I guess that's the beginning of my online journey of building a business. But I was getting when I first got started in network marketing, I worked with a business partner very closely and she's uh, 10 years older than I am. So her kids were teenagers as I was just getting started in, uh, you know, my mother in being in motherhood, I guess you could say. And I witnessed firsthand. So this business partner of I were very much the same. We're very Mm -hmm. much she's resilient. She's passionate and she's a freight train. Right. That's the way that she was. (laughs) And I watched as she put everything into her business. And at the time we were building our business more traditionally. We weren't really using any online strategies yet. And so we were traveling all across the Western half of the United States, pretty much growing, trying to grow a team, prospecting at malls, Walmart, Starbucks, all the stuff that like I tell people not to do now, I was pretty much (laughs) doing. And I watched as her daughter, it was her senior year. She, she made the drill team. And she was so excited. My best friend and business partner, I think, only made it to one or two of her things the entire year. And I watched as that relationship with her with her daughter, and I talk about it in my book, I watched as that relationship became strained. And even still to this day, my business partner is trying to mend that relationship because her daughter was all like, yeah, you, you cared more about your business than you did me. Mm. Right? And so for me, I... I use that to kind of make that decision on how I wanted to do things differently, right? How I wanted to do things differently. And so for me, it's becoming very intentional about making sure that I'm spending time with my children, with my spouse, with that person. So those who are listening, whoever that person is in your life, that you're like, maybe that relationship is becoming a little strained because of my business or because of these goals that I've set for myself. It starts, it first starts with intention, Yes. Being intentional about spending time with that person and having a conversation. A lot of times when we're, you know, and I saw this with my with my friend, I've, it's happened with me, you know, in my past of, you know, being that freight train and kind of mowing people over. It can be really easy to allow an elephant to sit in the room between you and that person. Yeah. Whereas if you are just intentional about bringing up the elephant and honestly, sometimes it takes saying sorry, right? Like I, <laughs> yes. I, I've over the last couple years, especially it's making sure that I'm saying sorry and not trying to hide how I treated that person. Maybe yes. it was unintentional on my part, but I've recognized that I made mistakes or whatever that may be. Yes. It's just 
knowing that that relationship means more to me than my pride and actually mm -hmm. going and bringing it up so that we can mend that relationship. Yes. Love it. So yeah. my, mine is, it's similar, but it wasn't with one of my own children. So when my, when my, I have twin boys, when they were in preschool, they had a me and my guy day. So where the fathers would come into the classroom and spend, you know, most of, of, of the day in the classroom. I was one of three dads that showed up. Oh, one of wow. three. And so this one little girl, she was in tears. And she comes over to my table because I was with my boys and we're laughing. We're having fun. We're doing crafts. And she's like, mister, can I sit at your table? Because my daddy couldn't come. And that look oh. on her face broke my heart. And I was like, I don't ever want my kids to feel that. Yeah. You know I mean? Like ever. Yeah. And so, because uh, yeah, in the beginning, that was probably me. I mean, things like that. I always showed up to once I left the restaurant industry because because I left for the same reason because I was missing those things. Yeah, I just couldn't go. If somebody calls out sick, then I have to change plans. Or if someone doesn't show up, you know, I have to change plans and and run, run to the restaurant. So it was like they were always kicked to the curb if something happened in the yeah. restaurant. So once I started shifting over into fitness, and then now with speaking and everything, I make sure that. I keep myself available for whatever it is that they have, whether it's sports, whether it's after school stuff, whether it's parent teacher conferences to be present. Cause I don't care what people amass in their lifetime. If you, if you're not there for your kids, it's all for nothing. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. And there's actually a chapter in my book where I talk about that, where I talk about you're, you're not supposed to take your business. You're not supposed to try and fit your life and your kids into your business. That's not what, that's not how you're going to find happiness. Yeah. If you want to find happiness, you find a way to take your business and fit it into the lifestyle and that life that you want. Yes. Right. And so it's for me, like my number one, and it's kind of a, I guess it's a tie between my number one and my number two, and that's faith and family. Like it's always been, and it always will be. And so it's, how do you take your business, which is still so important, right? You can't have the lifestyle you want if you're not actually making money. So it's how do we fit the most important things that we have to get done in our day into those pockets between what's most important to us. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So before you got into entrepreneurship, what, what were you doing? Yeah. So I was a jack of all trades, Robert. Like mm. by the time I was 24, I had kind of done everything. Like I was a receptionist. I taught school. I, uh, you know, I, I worked at a gym actually, you know, I had mm. done so much and at the age of 24, all I knew was a lot of what I didn't want to do and not any yes. of what I did want to do. I knew that I didn't want a boss. I had actually been fired from <laughs> my last <laughs> job because yeah. I, and it was over something really stupid. Like if, if I were to tell, go into that story, which would take too long, you'd be like, really, you were fired over that? I had mm. never been fired before, right? Yeah. Because I'm kind of more of that. At the time, I was, I care about what people think about me. Like I mm. gave my all and I was still resilient and passionate and always tried to give my all in everything I did. And so when I was fired from that job, I was just like, I am done having a boss. <laughs> I am done having people tell me what to do. And so that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go to beauty school because around here, that was really, that was what women who wanted to have their own job did, right? Like who wanted yeah. to own their own business. That was what they did. And so I opened my nail salon in 2011. That was when I got started with my nail salon. But then, like I said, I had my first son and I quickly realized that I did not want to own a brick and mortar. That was not for me at the time. I wanted something that I would be able to 
work from home, actually a home business where I could actually put my son first. Yes. And I, where I didn't have to worry about, you know, whether or not there was a, someone across from me in a chair where I was filing away on their nails. It was how can I create leveraged income? And that was when network marketing came about. And at the time I was very anti-network marketing, Robert. Like if I could <laughs> tell you that, like my dad had done network marketing, several companies in the past and by no fault of his own, you know, companies uh, going public. And so compensation plans changing mm. um, people that he got started with just not being the most ethical people that he had done business with. And so never making a paycheck after enrolling, you know, over 50 people, like, no fault of his own. It never worked out. And because of that, I was very ignorant toward the industry. All I saw was the outside. I saw the fights that my parents had over this industry. And so when it was brought to my door, it was like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Get out of here. Right. Like, <laughs> But at the time, so at the time that this happened, around the same time that network marketing kind of came into the picture, my husband had been laid off for the second time in our marriage and we were losing everything. Mm -hmm. So because of these of similar layoffs that was happening, I mean, this was 2000, this was 2013 when a lot of this was happening. Um, similar layoffs, like in our little teeny town, people work at the prison, they work at the coal mine and they drive truck. Those are like the three things that kind of uh, fuel our little community. And when layoffs happen in one of those areas, everybody suffers. And that's exactly what happened as people started getting laid off in different areas in this, in this pool that we are in, their wives couldn't afford to come and get their nails done either. Wow. And so all of a sudden we went from making really good money to making nothing. I was selling like my furniture on oh, yard, wow. Facebook yard sale sites. Mm. Um, the way that I got started in network marketing is I sold my kitchen cabinets. Like okay. I, the house was going bye-bye, right? So I was all like, okay, what can I get rid of before I have to leave this? <laughs> <laughs> and so I sold my kitchen cabinets and that was how I got started in network marketing. Mm. But I didn't have any influence. I, I mean, I had a lot of friends, but when I brought them network marketing, it was very similar. They're like, thanks, but no thanks. Let me know how it goes, mm. right? And so- all right. Let's let's hit the pause button real, real, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're to the point to where you're starting to, to lose stuff. Yeah. What, what was that like? Like what was going through your mind as all that was happening? So I have a brand new baby at this time, right? Like I have a brand new baby. Here we were, we had a plan. My husband and I did. We had a plan where we were going to, my husband was going to work for, you know, doing what he was doing. He had no intention of quitting. I was doing great, right? At the time, even though I wasn't happy doing the nails, I was making a very good income, yeah. you know, for doing what I'm doing. And then when all of that was suddenly gone within six weeks, like income wow. went from what everything we were doing to zero, you know, it was stressful. We'll put it that way. If anybody on here that is listening or watching us has ever experienced that layoff where you have no money coming in <laughs> and piles of bills coming up. Yeah. And another part of that story is, I suffered with um, infertility for several years. Okay. It took us four years to have our oldest Kate's. Wow. And so not only did I have regular bills, but I had thousands and thousands of dollars that had been stacked up from infertility treatments. And so as these bills are coming in, I have no money to pay them. I remember 
very uh, right before we decided, okay, like right before we knew that we were losing our house or whatever, and we ended up short selling that house. But right before all of that happened, my husband came home because he went and just tried to find any odd job that he could get, right? To try and have some money coming in. And he came home from work. I was sitting in the living room. My son was sitting right next to me sleeping and I was sobbing. I was sobbing because I was like, there has to be something more to life than this, right? Like here we are, we've done everything right. We, we went to school, we, we did all those things how come it's not working? How come it's not working out for us? And I remember my husband, he came over, he moved the bills to the side and he just hugged me. And he was all like, we're going to figure this out. We'll figure this out together. Right. And I'll tell you what, my husband, he is a gem. (laughs) He really is. Because when I had that emotional breakdown, where like the world was coming apart. He was the one that was able to bring me back to earth. And he's like, let's figure this out. And that was when we decided, okay, we're going to go gung ho on this network marketing thing. And that's when it completely changed our lives. So, yeah, see, that's why I wanted to get into that because I I knew there was more to that. And that's the part where most people hit. So I did my fifth all-star panel this past Saturday. And during my part, I said people hit one of two areas. They hit, I can't do this anymore. Or they hit, there has to be something better. Yep. One of one of those two. Like and, and I you, hit both. You just said it, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that was that, that was me in the restaurants. I was like, I, I, I just can't do this anymore. It's yeah. like, you know, there's people out there who are very, very successful that don't have to go through the BS that I go through in the course of a day. You know? Yep. And so I was like, I have to tap into that. And I like you said, you know, we're just gonna go all in with this. And what people have to realize, it may not be the first thing you try. So, like, if you try one thing and it doesn't work, you don't have, have to give up. Like, I went to try to sell insurance. That was not for me. I tried to go into real estate. That was not for me. I know most self-made millionaires come from real estate. I, I just can't do it. It's too much paperwork for me. Yeah. And so it really is. I was like, this, this is not my lane. You know, people are like, you know, you're, tra- you're chasing this pipe dream. Just go back and manage restaurants. Get stability for, for, for you and the family. And I was like... No, at, at this time I was in my mid thirties. I'm like, I'm done with stability. Like stability sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want, I want security. I don't want stability because stability, things can fall over. Right. You know? I said, like, I want security. When you have security, that's just better for me. So I wanted to go that direction to where I can have the best of both worlds, where I can have the time freedom. I mean, I'm still, I'm still not where I want, want to be financially, but at least I'm in the ballpark now. Right. Whereas before, you're just on the outside looking in. Yeah. So I wanted to get into the ballpark. And so that's what I want people watching this stuff. Like with each guest I bring on, I want them to look into the guest story and see mm-hmm. how they got into the ballpark. Because yes. you, you hit your, I don't want to speak for you, but you hit your somewhat rock bottom. Oh, I did. Mm-hmm. But that but that happened to be the biggest blessing. So tell me how you guys dug out of it. Yeah. So this so it's funny because like you said, the first thing that you try is probably not gonna be, you know, it, it's possible that it, that's not gonna be the thing that actually helps you climb out, right? And so we got started in network marketing. And for those first six months, we talked to hundreds of people, Robert. Like, like I said. Everybody in my network, right? Like I made the list of friends and family. I was going on to Facebook and I was going into Messenger and I was messaging people, but I only used social media to get people's information so that I could call them, right? It was still mm-hmm. very old school. I wasn't leveraging social media yet, yeah. really in the power that it could be harnessed. And so 
I was meeting with hundreds of people a month. Um, my first six months, I recruited zero people. Wow. Yeah. Zero people, not even a customer. Like no that kidding. goes to show that I obviously had to develop some skill sets as well. There was yes. probably a lot of desperation that was mm. coming from me in talking to a lot of these people. And so I remember going to, to one of my mentors at the end of those six months, because again, I was frustrated at this time we're living in my mother, my mom's basement. So my parents who had done network marketing several times and failed, their daughter is living in their basement and they're going gung-ho in this network marketing. It was not a good um, mm. situation to be in, right? There was a lot yeah. of negativity, no fault of my parents, right? They had just experienced it with what they had experienced and they were worried about my husband and I, because yes. we were, we were putting everything into this, into this team. And I remember my uh, mentor at the time, I was like, we have been doing this. We have talked to everybody. I have been following up with everybody that I know. I've done hundreds and hundreds of meetings. And he's like, you're just not, you're not talking to the right people. You need to go where the people are. Well, for me and my brain at that time, when he said that, I thought, well, I come from a little teeny town. I guess I have to drive. I got to go start <laughs> meeting new people, right? Yeah. So I was driving all over the place. So little teeny town in the middle of Utah, it's two hours to get to Salt Lake City. I was doing that on the on uh, during the weekdays. And then on the weekends, my husband and I were driving up to eight hours one way, one direction, just to try and find people in other areas. So like for months, we went down to lot in down to Vegas. We were yeah. prospecting people on like the strip. We were prospecting in casinos. We were prospecting <laughs> everywhere. And it was 18 months of that. Okay. We went from living in my parents' basement to living in my mother-in-law's basement because there wasn't as much negativity towards the network marketing there. And I remember in January of 2016, I hit another low. Where I was like, I mean, our residual check at that point was sitting at $80 a month, Robert. Oh, like, geez. and I, I'm putting everything into this. I have two little boys now, not just one. They're both in diapers. And I look at my husband and I, again, have one of these emotional moments where I'm just like, I can't keep doing this. I cannot keep doing what we're doing because it's obviously not working. Right. Yes. But what's, what's funny is a couple months before this moment, we had gone to a company event and there was a gal that joined our company who she put a hundred thousand points of volume into her business in less than 19 days. Wow. And when that had happened, all of a sudden we're like, what is she doing? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, what is she doing different? And so of course we did what anybody would do. We started stalking her on social media and we could <laughs> see she was doing something different. Yes. Right. She was actually leveraging social media at a way in a way that she had a massive following. And I was all like, there's something to this. There's something to what she's doing. And so, but we couldn't quite crack it, right? Because mm -hmm. she she was all about the company that we were with. And it was really hard to see, okay, how did she learn how to do what she's doing? And so in January, I told my husband, you've got to figure out a different way for us to do this. We've got to build the way she is because I can see that she's building from home. You know, she doesn't live in the car. She hasn't put herself in handcuffs with a network marketing company instead she is literally living that dream life right like yes. she works from home on her computer she works several hours a day and she's amassed this big team and so it was in april of 2016 my husband discovered influence marketing how to actually grow influence online leveraging social media and when we discovered this it changed everything less than awesome. 10 yeah, in less than 10 months, everything, our lives that were completely changed.
All right, let's let's pause. Let's pause again because you said you said something very very powerful earlier that you were operating out of a place of desperation, mm-hmm. and and I feel that's where a lot of people go wrong with with any type of new venture is because you're operating trying to make money versus yep. operating trying to change someone's life. Exactly. Because yeah, it's 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 two completely different things. Even though you can be broke. And have that feeling of desperation, but you have to work with intention. Yes. You know, you got to work with intention because when you, when you're working out of desperation, you're, you're blind to what's right. All the opportunities right in front of you, because Mm -hmm. you're just thinking, I need to make a buck. I need to make a buck rather than this, this person needs my help. This person needs my help. And then just focus on helping the people and then the money will come to you. Yeah. So, so I just wanted to ham the hammer that that point home because when you said that, but you were on a roll, so I just let you keep going. But um, and then the other thing was, even though you were going through tough times, you kept going and you did what was necessary. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing to ham hammer down with people is you got to do what's necessary. I, I see it in the fitness world all the time. Like, oh, Rob, you know, I got on the scale and you know I only lost a, a half a pound. Are you are you drinking enough water? No. Are you training hard four to five, five days a week? No. Are you getting enough steps in per day? No. Then I can't help you. Right. <laughs> it's like you're not, you're not doing what's necessary. <laughs> so it's the same thing. And, you know, are you prospecting X amount of people per day? Are you mm-hmm. posting on social? Are you following up? Do you have yep. an email list? Like those are the things that's necessary. If you're not doing those things, you will not be successful. You know? Right. So just right. Wanted, wanted to highlight that fact that even though you guys were at that point, you got young kids at home you still did what was necessary to get you to where you are now. Yes. And I can't say that it was all for nothing, right? Because looking back, the skill sets that I amassed during that time, like I went from not getting anybody to even take a look at what I was doing to getting a complete stranger on the street to give me their phone number and take a look at my business. Yes. And almost join, right? Like I had several people that they had credit card in hand, but I was, I, I hadn't figured out that closing piece yet. Yes. Right. And so like, I look at that journey and even though it was to be frank, you know, a little bit of a hell, a hell journey, right? Like a journey through <laughs> hell when it with yes. all of it, I gained so much knowledge and I have so many skill sets that came from that, that when I took that same focus, that same drive, that same passion, and I moved it to my computer and I was suddenly able to get a piece of working from home with my kids yeah. where I, I wasn't sleeping with them in a Walmart parking lot, but instead I was able <laughs> to put them down for a nap in their bed and I was able to just get work done. I think that that's how I actually grew as fast as I did and how our business grew as fast as we did in that 10 months, because my work ethic, that freight train, all it did was just change focus. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. I said just a couple podcasts ago that people people they're one decision away yeah that's it's, it's really that simple one decision away people come to me and say rob it's just so hard to get fit like it's really not you're just not willing to do what it takes right, <laughs> right. Like, if, if you do what it takes it's not it's not that hard at all you yeah know, drink enough water get to the gym eat right most of the time you know right. doesn't, doesn't have to be all the time just most of the time most of the time you know and then you persevere and give it a year, you'll be where you want to be. Yeah. You know, if you want to get there faster, then be more strict, be more intentional, and you'll get there faster. 
Yes. It's, it's the same yes. principle of business, the exact same thing. Yeah. So I, I um, host uh, six and seven figure workshops as part of what I do for my online brand. And when I'm working with students, one of the things that I like to have them tap into is everyone is really good at something. Yes. Right. Everyone is really good at something. And I like for them to think about, OK, what are you really good at? And how did you become really good at that thing? Yes. Right. Because let's say that it's basketball. Right. This is mm-hmm. like this is just as, as an example. You know, you take a look at a professional athlete who plays basketball. What type of what did they put into learning basketball? Yes. Right. It started with something they were passionate about. They were passionate about the game at one point, And then they're like, mm-hmm. OK, I'm going to I'm going to work on dribbling. Right. Little five year old. Kobe Bryant, he's like, okay, I'm going to start <laughs> dribbling, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it, it it masses, but it's that focus and it's that drive. So what is it that you're passionate about and what is it that you're good at? And what type of work ethic did you put in to becoming the best at that thing? Yes. Because And it could even be, what's your job right now? Maybe you're really good at your job right now. Maybe you're a physical therapist, right? What type of work went into school to become that physical therapist? If you can take that same passion and that same drive and you can just change that focus to whatever it is that you're wanting to succeed at right now, it's the exact same thing. It's just learning. It's just learning the different strategies, the different tactics that have to go into that thing. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be something earth earth shattering, you know, like you don't have to invent the next greatest thing. Like I spoke at a, at a career day at a local middle school a couple of years ago. And I was talking about entrepreneurship because most kids now have, have a smartphone. Yeah. I I believe these were middle schools, like what, 12 to like, like 11 to 13 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So like you just said basketball. So that jogged my memory of this. And so I was like, I need a volunteer. You know, so young girl comes up. I was like, all right, basketball, what qualities do, do you need or what skills do you need to be a good basketball player? And we're like rebounding, dribbling, running, jumping, shooting. And I said, so do you think you could teach, I mean, you could create a video teaching a five-year-old how to do these skills? Yes. And, she, and she's like, yes. I said, then that's all it takes to be an entrepreneur. That's it. Mm-hmm. I said, at your age right now, I mean, yeah, you'll, you'll have to learn how to market it, but you can create it right now with no other skills. Yes. <laughs> No, Absolutely. Like, it's that simple. You can teach, like my mom was working on something to teach people how to make money doing yard sales. Like she's been, she's been doing yard sales and flea markets for like the last decade. And I thought I was like, you know, why don't you just put that into an online product for someone that need, needs a side hustle? I said, there, yeah. there you go. You know, like you don't have to invent the, the next greatest thing. Just take something that you know that you can teach someone else. Boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're yeah. all done. And with this, I know that a lot of people, they they end up getting kind of that imposter syndrome where they're like, yes. but I haven't done it. So how am I supposed to be able to teach somebody else? Right. And that was actually a pitfall of mine when I first got started in the online space where I was like, but I haven't made a million dollars. How am I supposed to teach people how to grow a million dollar team through social media? Right. Like, how am I supposed to do that? And a mentor of mine, she said something that changed my entire thought process about this. And she said, to a second grader, a fourth grader is God. Yeah. Right? How true is that? When you think about, well, I remember being in second grade and the fourth graders, they got the cool playground, right? And they, <laughs> yes. they knew how to times and divide where I'm just sitting here learning how to, you know, mm-hmm. add and subtract. When really, they're what, just a couple years ahead of the game? Like they've just learned a couple more things, but a second grader looks at that fourth grader and thinks that they're king. 
And so that's exactly what it is in the online space as well. If you can just come out and share whatever value you have, whatever it may be, it could be like when I first got started, I had never grown on social media. So I just took the knowledge that I had gained from the previous two years. And I started teaching people that the basics of network marketing, the basics of growing a team, the basics of prospecting, the basics of those things. And all of a sudden I started to grow this little bit of a following. And then as I started to get results on social media, I just started sharing with people how I got those results. And all of a sudden that amassed to this huge following. I was engaging with this following, continuing to provide value. And it was like that compound effect where it started very small. But as I continued to push and continued to push, all of a sudden it was like this snowball that was suddenly this boulder rolling down a mountain. And I couldn't stop it at that point. I love it. Yeah. I, w- I want to just double down on what, what you said. Like when I train new fitness coaches, when, they, when they're, they're ready to start teaching, I tell them up front, I said, listen, this is your first class. The second you step out onto that floor, you have the juice. Like you have the power. Yeah. Do not give it away. I was like, they will look <laughs> at you as an authority figure. Yeah. Even though you haven't even taught, taught a class yet. Even though you, you're still working on your certification, the second you step out there, you are an expert. You know, I said, when I help people create their stories, like, I don't have, I don't have any training as a life coach. You know what I mean? I don't have a college degree. And I mentor people with college degrees because I show up. I show up powerfully. I know my stuff. And nobody questions my, my, my credibility. Yep. <laughs> you know, and yep. even if even if they did now, I have a body of work that backs it up. But when I first started it, I kind of got that little that little imposter syndrome. It's like I'm not a I'm not one of these certified motivational speakers or certified life coaches. But it's yep. like, damn it, I've been on this earth for 47 years. I bring stuff to the table. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so <laughs> yep, you, you put forth your experience, you put it forth powerfully and with confidence, people will follow you. It, it's it really, it's really that simple. So, all right. So let's get let's get into your book now. So now you're you're amassing some some successes. Yes. So what motivated you to write the book? Okay. So I had always had this desire in the back of my mind, the back of my heart. Okay. One day I'm gonna write a book. Right. I was like, one day I'm gonna write a book. And it was always one day. It was never yeah. anything that I ever was intentional about bringing about. Right. But I fall yeah. I fell in love with entrepreneurship. I I went from network marketing, growing a team, Uh, my husband now, like I actually retired out of the network marketing space so that I could just focus on, I could broaden my horizons, right? Because it's just, it's entrepreneurship in general that I fell in love with and helping people take an idea and help it come to life. And so it was earlier, it was early 2021. I decided, okay, I'm, I'm retiring. So my husband, he is continuing with the network marketing thing. And then I was like, okay, what's next for me, right? I was like, how do I now take this idea that I have and make it come to life? And that, and that was all of a sudden that idea that I had on this book, I was like, I think it's time to write my book. And no joke, when you put something out into the universe, the universe will deliver, right? And it was literally the very next week I met my mentor who helped me write my book. And I didn't know at the time, At the time I had this like pull where I was like, I have to get this book done fast. Right. I I was like 30 days. How can I write this book in 30 days? I had all these ideas. I didn't know they were all jumbled. And she's all like, if you want to do this in 30 days, it's going to take something. 
right? Like it's yeah. going to take some grit and your life is probably going to be completely unbalanced for the next 30 days. And I was like, I'm used to that, right? Like I, I've gone, I've, I already know what all of this is about. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to write this book. June 6th, I started writing the book. The manuscript was done June 29th. Wow. Congrats. It was done. So it still had to go through, you know, editing and it still had to go through all of that, still had to come up with the cover <clears throat> and all of that. But um, my book was fully published the 1st of August. Nice. And at the time, I didn't know the reason that I had this pull to get it done fast. At the time, I thought it was just, I want to get my brand up, right? Like I want to, I want to take things to the next level. And I was excited. Little did I know at the end of 2021, there is no way that I would have even been in the mind space to be able to write the book. Yeah. Right. And so I, I want, I wrote the book. I pub, it was published done on Amazon. Um, the first part of August, I had a workshop in Orlando, Florida that I had to be to. And I had promised my kids, if you let mommy write her book, I'll take you to Disney world. Cause I knew that I had this workshop that was coming up. And so yeah. the end of August, first part of September, I was at that workshop um, I ended up flying my family out. We went to Disney World. Mm -hmm. The week after we got home from Disney World, my husband started throwing up. At the time, we thought, oh, it's just food poisoning, right? I don't know too many people that just throw up with COVID. Mm -hmm. And that was my husband. For four days, he was throwing up, throwing up. We had called the doctor and we told him, like, he's throwing up, right? Like, And they had said, it's probably just a stomach bug, you know, make sure he's staying hydrated, gave us all the things. There was no cause for concern. And then on day four, he started with a little bit of a cough. And that's when I was like, we're just going to go get you tested, right? Just so that we, yeah, just to, that so, so that we know, right, what yeah. we're dealing with. So he, he went, he was tested the morning of day five. They could hear a little bit of the pneumonia in his chest, very little in the upper left of his chest. Yeah. And they, but he wasn't sick. He wasn't sick enough at the time. They're like, you know, your his oxygen was sat in at like 97. They're like, you do have a little bit of the pneumonia. They did give him an IV bag because he was pretty dehydrated from all okay. of the throwing up. So they gave him an IV. He didn't qualify for my colonial antibodies. You have to qualify here in Utah mm -hmm. in order to get them. And so they're like, go home. Give us a call if things get worse. In 40, within 48 hours, my husband, uh, he was sitting right next to me. We work right next to each other, our desks. And he wasn't working, but he came out from taking a nap. It was Monday, uh, the 13th of September. His, he came and he sat down and he just started coughing and he couldn't stop. It was kind of a fit mm -hmm. that he went into. I went and grabbed our oxometer and I put it on his fingers and his oxygen was sitting at 76. Oof. And I was like, that's it. We're going to the hospital, right? Like I'm like, there is something wrong. And so we, we went to the hospital as he stumbled up, he didn't even tell our kids goodbye, right? Like he, he was in that place where he was just like, yeah. he was struggling to breathe. His oxygen was sitting at 54 by the time we got to the hospital. Oh they got him on oxygen and they were able to stabilize him. But for the next week, he sat in our small little hospital and they were trying to find a bed. They're like, you need an ICU. Like it's so bad. So in 48 hours, that COVID pneumonia had spiderwebbed through his mm. chest. Um, he had 25% left of the lower lobe of his right lung. Oh my God. That was all he had left. Wow. And they're like, you need a bed, you need a bed. But beds are kind of hard to come by in Utah right now in an ICU for a COVID patient. Yeah. And so one week later, it was the 27th of September. My husband was intubated, life flight, and life flighted three hours away from our home. 
where he was put on a ventilator and he spent the next 14 days in ICU, 12 days on that ventilator. He tried to die seven times in this period of time where we almost lost him. And it's funny because I was supposed to launch my book the 29th of September. So the 27th, he's life lighted. Um, I reached out to my team and I was all like, we got to do this without interviews, right? Like, I was like, <laughs> I am not in a place to be able to launch this book. Like, in my mind, I thought I'm just going to relaunch, right? Like, I'm just going to take everything down. We're going to stop the schedule. And our team said, you worry about your husband. We've got your book. And, yes. in, le- and in about four hours, I hit number one bestseller wow. on my book without having to be there. That's amazing. And it was, it was like, I remember them reaching out and, you know, Tina, a mutual friend of Robert and I, she sent me a, she sent me this screenshot of, and it said number one on Amazon. Wow. And I was like, how is this possible? Like, how did this <laughs> but it's funny because all I did was I took what I preached in my book and did it right. Like mm. I, everything that I talked about in my book about growing an audience, engaging with that audience, promoting to the audience, and then bringing automation in so that you actually have a life. And you're able to be there for your family in times of crisis. Yes. That was all that I had did for the previous six weeks. Yeah. And so my team was all like, what are you talking about? You're not launching your book, right? (laughs) Like we've got this, you're launching your book. And so that's what, like, if anybody gets anything from this entire episode, right. Of me being here, it's what systems and processes can you put into place so that you can be there when moments of crisis hit, because it's not a matter of if life is going to happen. It's a matter of when, whether it's COVID or something else, right? Something is going to happen in your life. So right now you've got to be working to put those things in place. You've got to have that same hustle, that same drive, that same resilience, that same passion for whatever it is that you're really good at, that you're trying to manifest and make happen. Mm -hmm. It's all worth it. For eight weeks, I did not touch my business. All I worried about was my children being there for my children, because as you can imagine, dad almost dying seven times, him being in a hospital for eight weeks. It was really hard for my children. It was really hard for me. Right. There was um, when he was first life lighted and put in the ICU with restrictions. I wasn't able to be there with him for the first several days. Yeah. And so it was just putting my faith and trust in God and saying he's in your hands. Right. Cause I have, I have, there's nothing I can do. So I was praying for, you know, the people that were taking care of him. I was praying for his body. My husband is the epitome of health. I can tell you that right now before COVID he was at the gym five days a week, no pre-existing conditions. If you had told me that my husband would be on a ventilator for two weeks, I would have told you, you were crazy yes. because we had been spending our, he had spent his entire life, preparing for, for that, right? Like he was so healthy. We never thought something like Delta would Mm. whatever. Right. And so it's the same thing. My husband, the thing, the principles that I talked that we've been talking about here, he'd been spending all that time. And they had said, if he was not as healthy as he was, he was one of the sickest COVID patients that they had ever had up at Ogden regional medical center that actually lived. Wow. They're like, they're like the fact that you were walking out of here, you did something right. And he even said, I've taken care of myself, right? I've taken care of myself. And 
we didn't have the stress of finances. There were people in that ICU that they came to see their loved one once a day, and then they had to go get ready for work the next day. I didn't have to worry about that. Right. I was able to be there. The second they said, you can come. I was in there and I did not leave until at night when they said, okay, you need to go home because you have a, we have a, uh, what's the word? A curfew, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go home. I would, I would go to my hotel. And the second I could come back in, I was there and I was there all day long talking to him, talking to him, holding his hand, making sure that, you know, his favorite TV shows were playing (laughs) on the TV. (laughs) And they even said like, if, if people need people. Right. And so, when life happens, are you going to be stuck, right? Are you going to hit that point where you're like, I wish I had put more into this entrepreneurship thing, or I wish I had put more into my health, or I wish I had put more into this. You coulda, shoulda, woulda all you want when something like that happens. Did you do it? Because if you did, you'll look back and you'll be like, I am so glad that I persevered. I am so glad that I just made it happen, right? That's amazing, wow. So I wanna get back, like I'm I'm gonna come back to what happens after that, after he comes back home. But again, so in the beginning of that, when you were talking about the writing the book and everything, you said, how can I? And I I think that just that one sentence can change people's lives. Cause people always, no matter what the task is, you know, as human beings, we're we're drawn to protection. You know, we're, we're drawn mm-hmm. to seeking out fear, you know, seeking out the challenges. Yeah. But, and I do the same thing with my gym clients. It's like, all right, stop saying, you know, I can't do this. Say, how can I do this? Like, how can I accomplish this? Like, what do I have to become to do this? And, yeah. you know, and, and, and those, that one sentence changed everything for you. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it changed everything. And that's what I want people to understand. It's like the heart of the stories are all great, but I always go back to how did the story start? <laughs> it mm-hmm. started with you making a decision, you know? So yep. none of that other stuff could have happened if you didn't say, how can I make this happen? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, that's the power in the story. Like it says above us, your true power lies in your story. Yeah. You know? So I always tell people, it's not what they accomplished, it's how did you accomplish it? Yep. And, and, and you making that, asking yourself that question, taking the steps, doing what's necessary, then life happens with your husband and you're able to be present without missing a beat in the business. That's the beauty of entrepreneurship. Like that's the beauty of it. I went on vacation to North Carolina last year myself. It was just me. I just wanted some me time. Mm -hmm. And I still did my podcast episodes while I was there. You know, I still still took calls if, if I needed to. I was just in the mountains when I did it. you can you can do it from from the beach you can do it from the airport like i did a coaching call from from the the airport before you know Mm -hmm. and so so it's like that's just the beauty of it like you were saying earlier about having a brick and mortar you're kind of married to it whereas with this yes you're also married to it but it's mobile it's mobile anywhere you are yeah definitely mobile i was out in california and i got up in the morning I did a couple of virtual fit, fitness classes and then took the rest of the day off. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. you can make those decisions. It's like that, that's the beauty of it, that you get to make decisions instead mm-hmm. of having life dictated for you. Yes. You know? 
So um, I don't think we, I don't think we answered the question, uh, or I don't think I asked the question. What's, what was the name of your first book? Oh, name of my first book is You Got This Girl, Overcoming okay. Obstacles, Smashing Goals, and Creating an Abundant Life. Nice. Got yep. Girl. <laughs> Love it. All right. So, so your husband comes home, and then what were the next steps? So he comes home. This was eight weeks. He had been gone from our family for eight weeks. The next steps... So when you, when you are in that state of where you're on a ventilator and you're laying in bed, so they say for every day that you're laying in bed, it's three days of recovery. Mm. That's basically what they said. So my husband, he went from, he, before he got sick, he was weighing about 225. He's about six feet tall. He was 225, pure muscle. That's where he was. When there was a point when he was in the hospital that he got down to 145. Oh my God. Yeah. All muscle deterioration. Like when I, I watched my husband kind of deteriorate in that bed. Mm. And when I look back at pictures, like there were times where I feel like, I feel like he almost looked like a concentration camp victim. When you see Mm. like those pictures from then, like it was crazy how thin he was. He had to relearn how to walk. He had to relearn, like he didn't have the strength to even get up that first time that they sat him up in bed. He could only, he couldn't even make it five minutes sitting before they had to lay him back down because he was just so exhausted and he slept yeah. the rest of the day. And so for the next few months, I still wasn't really able to focus on business, right? I was, I was nursing my husband back to health. Yes. Um, and it's funny. I, I learned, I would watch the nurses and I would watch what the nurses would do within several weeks of being there. I was doing it all. Cause I was like, I need to be able to do something right. Like I hated yes. just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And so you know, when he got home, I was doing a lot of those things. I was helping him with his exercises in bed. I was crushing up his pills because he couldn't swallow pills because the ventilator had been down his throat. And so he couldn't swallow still. There was a lot of inflammation there. So the next several weeks, it was a lot of that. And then because of how healthy he was before, he got that drive again, right? Where he was all like, that's it. Like I am getting out of this bed. I am going to start taking care of myself. I'm tired of my wife having to be the one to do all this <laughs> stuff for me, right? And so yeah. he he started working. So uh, you probably saw him at the if you're watching this at the beginning of this episode. He was back here getting his protein shake because he was on his way to the gym. Okay. <laughs> and so it was uh, the it was about the beginning of November, probably mid November. I was able to start coming back to work, and I started coming back um, kind of part time because I was still trying to help him still trying to help my kids get adjusted. I was really worried in the beginning about how this was going to affect my children. Um, You know, they were really suffering in school, which can you blame them? Their dad is in the hospital for eight weeks, right? They thought he was (laughs) going to die. And so there was a lot of time being spent helping them get caught, caught up in school. My business didn't suffer, right? Like while all Mm. of this is happening, I'm able to come back part-time. They're ecstatic that I'm back and then it's okay. What's next? Yes. Right. What's next? And so my husband, he's now back to work, working with network marketing team, helping people hit their goals, you know, mm. rising over there. And I now have that itch, Robert. I'm writing another book. Nice. <laughs> I'm writing another book, but I also have, um, there's a company that uh, I I co-own, Beach Boss Influencers. We help coach and train network marketers, entrepreneurs, how to leverage social media to grow their businesses. And so that next thing is taking Beach Boss to that next level. So Beach Boss uh, we launched the beginning of the pandemic last year. We did 4 million. So we took wow. 
Yeah, we did 4 million. So we've grown awesome. exponentially, right? And so this year it's okay, how do we go from four to 15? Like we just, we're like, we've got these huge goals. And so all of a sudden that passion and drive, I, I like to tell people and we have, I have mentors still, right? Like I'm all about mentorship and having people continue to make me grow. Cause if I'm not growing, I feel like I'm going backwards. And so I was meeting with a mentor and I was like, there's four areas of my life that like, if they're in alignment, I'm happy. And I've learned this. It's my faith, my family, my business and my health. Yes. How can I excel in these four things? And it's about being intentional about putting time into these four things every single day. And so I, it's put, how can I put systems and processes in place for my business? How can I make sure that I'm present with my children when they like right in the morning when they're getting ready for school and then right when they get home from school so that I have that relationship? How do I make sure that I'm giving time to my husband, right? Because I don't know how many people I know that their marriages fell apart because they were so busy trying to hit the next goal in their business, their, their marriage suffered, right? And so it's, it's about being intentional and it's about every single day having that daily method of operation, which you get to, the great thing is, is you're an entrepreneur. It can be different every day if you want, right? Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's making sure that you're putting those things that are a priority in place every single day yes so how helpful is it that you're both into net into network marketing because like when i first started fitness my my now ex she really wasn't on board at first mm-hmm. you know because she's she was more about the stability you know being a mom yeah. i have i have five kids so you know being a mom with five kids and here i am leaving the stability of the restaurant and industry financially to go off into this unknown world and, you know, mm-hmm. didn't really work well for her. And it, it took, took me a couple of years to really amass a following. Cause as I said, I dropped out of college. So I had to go and learn, I yeah. had to learn marketing, I had to learn branding. It's like, I learned a lot about business being a restaurant manager more than I gave myself credit for. Once mm-hmm. I actually extracted all the lessons, I was like, Oh, I, I actually know a lot more about this. Yeah. But, but then once, once it started gaining traction, she came on board, but yeah. it's like, she kind of came on board, <laughs> you know, right. like she, she didn't really go through the grind with me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I think that kind of hurt our dynamic a little. So how helpful yeah. was it that he has, you know, that same kind of industry knowledge that you do? Yeah. So it's funny in the very beginning of network marketing, like I had told you before, I was very anti-network marketing mm. and that um, attitude, I guess that I had continued. It's not like I joined network marketing and suddenly fell in love with network marketing. Yeah. What I fell, what I fell in love with was my husband being passionate about something again. And so I was, I was very, I was kind of that negative spouse. I, I, it was my husband who was wanting to do something new. I was trying to be supportive, but at the same time, I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> right? Like, because we still lived with, we lived with parents for two years, yes. right? Almost three years, almost three years. We lived with parents trying to get this business up and going. And so for me, it was, you know, for us and our dynamic, it was communication. And I was, I, I was, I'm a freight train, Robert. Right. And I learned that it was usually me who picked the fight about network marketing okay. because nothing was happening, right? Nothing was happening. But my husband, he's just as passionate as I am, but he's also a peacemaker. 
And several times he would say, do you want to stop? Do you want me to go find something else? Because if you do, I will. Right. Like he's just like, I, our marriage is more important to me than network marketing. Like we'll figure something else out. But I was so stubborn and I was doing this network marketing thing with him. Right. And I was like, we're not going to quit. Like we can't quit. (laughs) Right. Like it was just, it was out of that frustration. And so we quickly learned that communication was everything in our business and communicate. And one, and my big goal was I'm going to retire my husband and he's going to take over the network marketing so I can figure something else out. Right. There it is. That was what it was. And so once it became that, where it was like, okay, I'm going to retire my husband so that he can have this network marketing business. Then I'm going to be able to shift my focus. And what's funny was I shifted focus while in network marketing. So I, it's not that I went and joined a network marketing, another network marketing company. Don't try to build two companies at once, people. I'm going to put that in there right now, right? (laughs) Diversifying means finding something completely outside of network marketing. And so I went into, that was Beach Boss. Beach Boss was kind of the manifestation of my own thing, right? My own thing. And I co-own that business with uh, a few other ladies. And so, you know, it gave me the space, like network marketing, I look back when I first retired my husband, it was a whole new dynamic because my husband was used to working, right? And having someone telling him what to do and staying on task. And so it became a whole new dynamic of what's your role? What's my role? What are you going to do each today? What am I going to do today? How do we communicate? And then how do we evaluate to make sure that this is still working? Okay. Right? And there's so many people that tell me, how do you work with your husband? Like you guys are together 24 seven. And I'm like, how he's my best friend, you know, like it works for us. It doesn't always work for everybody, right? Doing this and it's okay. There's, I have, I had a friend who for the longest time, she was trying to retire her husband to do, to do business with her, trying to retire her husband to do business with her. He's not built for it, right? Like he loves his job. He doesn't want to retire. She wants him to retire so that they can work together. And he's all like, no, right. It's better. And they found over, fights, right? Fighting isn't always a bad thing. We'll put it that way. As long as you're, um, as long as the fighting that you have is respectful. My husband and I made a decision when we first got married that we would never raise our voices at each other. And we don't. So our arguments that we have is more of just open discussion, (laughs) open discussion. But when you can have that communication and open discussion with the other person, And you really get to the core of what drives that person. What makes that person happy? What does that person want to do? That's how you have a successful marriage and a successful business when you work together. Agreed. It's like now, now that I'm single, I can see that. (laughs) So so it's like I step back because I can be, I can be overbearing, you know, because again, shut up and grind is the name, the name of the show. So I can be a freight train myself. So I, I look back on to some of the things that, my ex would tell me and I, I would just be quick to just give solutions rather than yeah. just, just shut up and listen. You know? So it's like, look, like you're feeling like this because you're not ABC. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you did ABC, that would go away. And that, that's not always an, an effective way of communicating. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get that. All right. So before we break it down, what, what would you say is the number one takeaway from your book? Number one takeaway Well, there's several, but I guess one of the big ones that we haven't necessarily covered yet is making sure that 
every single day, and we covered it a little bit, I guess, is every single day, it is possible. Let's put it this way. It is possible to have both a thriving, wildly successful online business and solid and deeply meaningful relationships with the people that you love and care about. It all comes down to setting the intention and having that DMO in place every single day. And so, you know, I tell people, you can grow a business in an hour a day. You actually can. It's knowing what you need to focus on in that hour to make it happen. So for those people out there that you're like, okay, this is all great, but how do I, how do I put it all in there? Right? First, what are the one, two, three things that you can reasonably focus on? Right? Because so many times they're like, oh, I want to be the best at this and I want to be the best at that. And I want to be the best at that. You can't have it all, right? Like you can't be the best at everything. So how do we narrow it down to the things that are most important to you that you can be the best in? So if you have a nine to five that you work every single day and you want to grow a wildly successful business without sacrificing the relationships that you have, what can we put into this hour? You're, let's break it down into 20 minutes, right? First 20 minutes, how are we growing an audience every single day? new eyeballs on us. Because if we aren't growing a following, if we aren't, if we don't have new people that we are connecting with on a daily basis, our business isn't growing. We're stuck. The next thing is, okay, the next 20 minutes, how do we engage with people to build no like, and trust or a little bit of influence, right? Because if, if, if there's not influence and there's no, no like, and trust with you, People are not going to buy anything from you. They are not going to join your team. You're stuck. <laughs> and then the last piece, which I lacked for so long, was that promotion piece. How do we actually have enrollment conversations? If we, aren't, if we don't have a system in place that takes someone from lead to sale or from lead to team member, and we're not closing people every single day, again, our businesses don't grow. So the biggest part of that book, it, there's a lot of mindset in there. There's a lot of, you know, stuff about not comparing yourself. There's a lot of stuff about faith, right? I'm, I owe everything. And Robert and I were talking about this before we hit play on this. You know, my husband being alive, a lot of that had to do, whether you are religious or not, I had people praying for him all over the world. I had people doing, you know, like asking the universe to heal him. I had people doing healing sessions. I had people for, in other languages sending me messages just saying, I want to say a prayer for your husband. And they're saying it in another language, right? Like it. it was incredible. And when that positive energy goes into something, anything is possible. Anything is, is possible. So if you get anything from that book, I hope it's that you can do it. You can grow a business you can have re the relationships that you want with the people that you care about. You can mend relationships that are broken. You can do anything so long as you are intentional about putting that drive and focus there. That was awesome. I got. I, I have nothing else to add to that. <laughs> that, that, that was spot on. <laughs> All right, so, so let people know where, where they can get it. How can they get in touch with you? Yes. Yeah. So you can go to yougotthisgirlbook.com. And you can get your copy of You Got This Girl. There's also several bonuses and resources in there. You know, I have like a how to identify who that perfect prospect is in your marketing. I have a calendar that you can actually go through and you can start to put this put this in place each day, right? This DMO in place each day for yourself. I have several things there. 
So go to yougotthisgirlbook.com and we can get connected there. Love it. This has been, been a great conversation. Um, I've loved it. Yeah. I had no idea that this hour went by already. <laughs> I, I, know, glanced, I, I glanced like, up. Yeah, I glanced <laughs> up. It was like 103 on the count. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's good. Fun. I hope that your audience has enjoyed it as well. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So um, I do I do panels. Uh, um, like I just did my fifth one on Saturday. And so I'd definitely like to have you back and have, a, have a, round, a round table discussion. And so I think I'm pretty sure I have my February and March ones. Uh, well, February def definitely. I may have a spot or two in March. Okay, let, perfect. Let, yeah. Let, no, for certain. And uh, I'll get my my network marketers in and my my online peeps in, and I'll have a just a full blown conversation about it. Yeah, that'd you know? be awesome. I would love it. This has been so fun. <laughs> awesome. That's what I love to hear. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. And uh, like I said, this was awesome. And we'll, we'll definitely cross paths again. Yeah. Thank you so much, Robert. And for everyone listening, thanks for joining. And, you know, I can't wait to be back. <laughs> awesome. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. All right. So that was an awesome episode. So if you're catching this this late, make sure you go back and you watch the whole thing. She dropped lots of knowledge there. I got uh, two full pages of notes. Like I, I learned a lot here. And uh, that's what this is all about. It's about collaboration to help you get rid of whatever block is holding you back. Just get started. If nothing else, get out of this. Get started. Like she got started. Look at look at where she is now. It's like I got started. I mean, I'm still on my journey, but uh, but I got started. And that's my biggest takeaway that I want you to get is to just get started because you'll be surprised the opportunities that are going to present themselves once you do. All right, I'll be back tomorrow with episode number 200. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach 